1: Amen. Thank you so much for our praise and worship team. And I just want to say happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers. Uh, I am so blessed to have a godly mother uh, that has been a vital part of molding me and making me to who I am. She also had a vital part in making me how tall I am as well. So it's all right. You know, I had some fun um, this week. I was looking on the internet for qualities, what they call a super mom. And it's interesting what you find on the internet, you know, and they're, they're true, but there's something missing. I just want to read some of these. So super moms, some of their qualities that they're super organized, you know, they have an ability to multitask, which we men don't even know what that is. It's a foreign concept. They also will work when everybody else is sleeping. And that is so true at my house. They're able to forgive themselves and learn from their mistakes. They prioritize what is important. And they also utilize their supports around them. Um, they have uh, their children and their partners always come first. They're honest. They involve their children. And they don't see themselves as supermom. And I thought, you know, that is some good qualities. But what I found interesting is that... These qualities are missing the best qualities. And so this morning, I want to speak to you on a mother's love. And if you have your Bibles, turn with me to First Samuel chapter 1. First Samuel chapter 1, I want to speak to you on a mother's love. And I'm going to give you five qualities of a mother's love. But in all reality, these qualities also should relate to me and you. Uh, just because she has these qualities doesn't mean that we won't. In fact, we should hold them and endear them to our very heart. Um, so there, there, there's some key stuff that we're going to see this morning from this. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 1 says this. There was a man named Elkanah who lived in Ramah in the region of Zeph, in the hill country of Ephraim. He was the son of Jehoram, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zeph, of Ephraim. Now listen, this is the Bible days. They had some unique names. I get it. Just follow along, okay? Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah did not. Each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Heaven's armies at the tabernacle. The priests of the Lord at that time were the two sons of Eli, They were Hophnia and Phinehas. On the days Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Peninnah, each of her children. And although he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. Now pay attention to that. The Lord had given her no children. So Peninnah would taunt or actually provoke and irritate Hannah and make fun of her. Because, once again, the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year. I'm going to repeat that again. Year after year. It was the same. Peninnah would taunt or provoke and irritate Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Interesting. Interesting. The very first quality that I want to share with you about a wonderful mother is that she is very faithful and flexible in a fallen world. Very faithful and flexible in a fallen world. I wanted you to pick up on that we read that not once, that twice the Bible says that the Lord kept her from having children. And you may say, Pastor Chuck, that's kind of odd. Because doesn't God want to bless us? Doesn't God want to give us the desires of our heart? Because you see, in the days of the Bible, the greatest gift a wife could give her husband would be a male child. So that he could carry on the family name. He would be the heir of the family. And here we have a woman that loved the Lord. And yet, God kept her from getting pregnant. And so you, like so many people would say, why would God do such a thing? And I don't know if I have the exact answer this morning, but I'm going to begin to share you what I think the answer would be. What you have to understand is that God loves me and you and he loves me and you so much that he will put difficulties and challenges in your way and in my way to help mature us and grow us in the Lord. After all, if we're not really pushed and pressured, we just kind of sit and vegetate. So, what the Lord does in your life sometimes, and what He does in my life sometimes, is that He puts things in your life to see how faithful you will be. Remember, this was year after year, it wasn't a one day event, a one week event, a one month event, a one year event. This was an ongoing thing in Hannah's life. But see, what Hannah didn't understand is that God had a plan for her. And what you and I need to understand this morning is that there are going to be difficult times in your life and my life. And the reason why these difficulties come, sometimes they are self-inflicted by us. We can't take, you know, we always can't not take the blame. Sometimes we're the blame. But then again, every now and then, God's doing it in your life and in my life. To prepare us and to grow us for something so much bigger and greater than we've ever seen. Hard to imagine, hard to follow, but it's true. So think about it this way. The Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 55 that, that God's ways are not our ways. In fact, it says that his thoughts are as high as the heavens above the earth. Now just to kind of help you out this morning, do you realize that Neptune is 28 Billion miles from Earth. We can't even measure that in inches and feet or miles. We do it in light years. 2.8 billion miles from Earth. That is not even the beginning, but just to kind of give you a grasp of how much higher God's thoughts are than our thoughts. How much His ways are higher than our ways. So if you can't figure the Lord out, join the club. Okay? Don't worry about it. You can't. Your little infinite mind like mine will never figure that out. He's God. But what you have to understand is that the difficulties and the challenges that come in your life is God trying to mold you and to make you into being the person that He wants you to be. And in just a few minutes, you're going to see where, when all this difficulty happened in Hannah's life, God had a purpose and God had a plan. So let me encourage you this morning. If you're going through some challenging times in your life. They could be self-inflicted. But they also could be brought on by the Lord. Because he's trying to grow you. And to make you in the person you need to become. I'll never forget when I coached wrestling. That I would push wrestlers sometimes to the brink of throwing up. And they never understood why I did that. And the whole point was. To make it through six minutes of wrestling. So if none of you have ever wrestled. You don't understand that for those who have wrestled. Six minutes is an eternity. When you're on the mat. And if you're not in shape. You're in trouble. They hated me at first. Because they couldn't understand why I would make them so uncomfortable. Why I would wear them out. Push them to the brink of exhaustion. And it wasn't that I would have fun. It was just so that I could prepare them for the battle they were facing. God pushes me and you sometimes to the brink. So that he can prepare you for the battle that you're going to face. And here was poor Hannah. Year after year. Not only the Lord denying her pregnancy. But then she had a wonderful helpmate. A person that lived in the same house with her that provoked her, that taunted her, that made fun of her. If you could not make like throwing salt on the wound, I mean, this is it. And I'm sure there were times Hannah couldn't figure that out. But what we have to understand is that God had a plan. I read this article this past week and I want to read it to you. It's called bend and not break. You've probably heard that saying many times in sports. We need to learn to bend but not Break. This guy's named Chris Mathis. He is from the Grand Rapids Times. And this is what he says. At some point in life, we will experience a storm. For some, this storm will come and attempt to rearrange everything in your world. Your relationships, your career, and your finance may all take some type of hit. Such changes can be devastating and have the potential to break a person down from all the stress that comes along with it. Some people are dealing with an unforeseen health issue, while others are going through struggles of building a business. Some are at the breaking point because they just cannot see the results they want to see in life right now. All of these people are at a breaking point and are considering walking away or simply giving up on their goals and dreams. These people are beginning to lose their faith. Again, All of these people are on their knees, crying from the frustration, and are also at the breaking point. What I've learned is that when you find yourself facing these types of challenges, these are the times when you must bend but do not break. I want to remind you that when you find yourself in one of these demoralizing situations, that you must bend and not break. Now listen to this quote he says. You see, when you bend, you are willing to get uncomfortable. You're willing to do whatever it takes to make it in that moment. God is going to place you and I in some very uncomfortable situations. And what we have to do is we have to learn to bend and not break. So many times you and I have faced some challenges in life. We've just thrown in the towel and given up. Some of you have given up on your dreams. Hannah did not give up on her dream. Her dream was to have a child. And regardless of what the world threw at her, regardless of what God may have told her, she stayed faithful. What a mom to stay faithful to the Lord when all of her world was collapsing in chaos around her. So I want to encourage you today. Stay faithful to the Lord when all of your world is chaos and collapsing around you. Probably one of the neatest illustrations is the bamboo tree. When I was living in Palaka, I had the privilege of having some bamboo uh, in my driveway right next between me and my neighbor's house. You know the funny thing about bamboo is you can't kill that stuff. You can cut it down to the ground, it blooms back up. You have to really have to dig it all the way out, even by its roots and its seeds. If not, it grows right back up. But you know what's funny about boom boo? It's real thin. It's not that big. If you've ever cut it open, the walls of it are real thin. But yet, when hurricanes or typhoons or tornadoes come about, what happens is that huge oak tree breaks, it splits, the limbs fall off, pine trees blow over. Welcome to Florida, right? The bamboo's different. That bamboo will actually lay all the way down almost to an inch off the ground while that wind is blowing. And when the wind stops within a matter of days, guess what it does? It folds right back up. Because the bamboo knows how to bend and not break in the storms of life. And so when you are facing storms of life, please learn to bend and not break. Hannah was faithful. We need to be faithful. But not only was Hannah faithful, she truly prayed. Look with me at verses 10, 13, and 15. Notice what it says in verse 10. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. Verse 13 tells us, seeing her lips moving, but hearing no sound. And basically she's praying from her very heart. And in verse 15 it says, but I am very discouraged and I was pouring my heart out to the Lord. So what we see that even though her life was in a mess, she was faithful and continued to pray to the Lord. That is very important. So often we really don't pray to the Lord. We talk at the Lord. Think about that. You really don't pray to him, you talk at him. Because you're going to fuss at him for the way that your life is. You're going to complain to Him to what's going on in your life. And over and over, you're really just talking to Him rather than talking with Him. And see, God really doesn't want you to talk to Him. God wants you to talk with Him. Ladies, I'll apologize now, but you know this is true. A lot of times, you vent, and you really don't want us men To engage back in the conversation. You just want to get it off your chest. Am I right? Hey I get that. We need to unload. I, I get that. So I'm not. I'm just saying. But the problem is. We get so involved in talking to. That we forget to talk with. And to listen. And this is what happened with Hannah. She was literally, and you see this, she was pouring her heart out to the Lord. The Bible, even says, she got to the place where words weren't even coming out of her mouth. She was just silent and sobbing before the Lord, allowing him to minister to her. So, this doesn't take in a matter of five seconds. This is going to take a while. The rise and fall of every relationship in the history of humans is based on one thing and one thing only. What is it? Communication. And if you can't communicate with people, you're in trouble. If you can't communicate with the Lord and you can't allow Him to communicate with you, you're in trouble. We've got to learn to get before the Lord and expose your entire life to Him. You've got to learn to cry before Him. You've got to learn to veil things before Him. And let Him know where you're at. Do you realize God already knows what's going on in your life? I mean, it's no surprise. And, and hey kids, why you're here, just to let you know. You think sometimes we parents are stupid? We know a lot of what's going on in your life. You know where we learn that from our Heavenly Father? Because He knows what's going on in our life. So just when you think mom and dad don't really know what's going on in your life, we do. We really do. And moms, thank you for knowing what's going on. Just we children should be a little more sensitive next time to listen. So we don't have to keep going down the dead end road. we got to learn to listen. I am blessed. Truly blessed. Because I had a praying grandmother. My grandmother prayed for me over and over. Now, we'll leave it at that. You probably know why my grandma had to pray over and over. But we'll leave that just silent right now. We won't go there. In fact, I teased my grandmother. I used to say, Grandma, you know you're never going to die? Because if you're praying for you know I need all the help I can get. So I don't think you're going to be going home to heaven anytime soon. My grandmother lived to be 92 years old. And even in her last days, I remember her praying with me and for me. Praying is what changes People's lives, parents, moms, thank you for praying. Dads, pray, never, ever, ever cease to pray for your children, ever, ever, never, ever cease to pray for everybody. I had the privilege this past week of of listening to one of our board members, James Parker. James plays the guitar up here on the stage, and uh, James is a godly man. And one of the reasons why James is a godly man because he had such a godly mother. Now, if I'm going to go to heaven, this is the way I want to go to heaven. Two Sundays ago, they asked her to say the dismissal prayer at church. And she prayed. And when she said amen and started to turn around and walk out, guess what happened? She went home to be with the Lord. Could you imagine talking with the Lord and all of a sudden say, hey, we're going home today. Let's go. That's the way to go. That is the way to go right there. I mean, maybe the second coming's pretty close, but I would like, I'd love to just be talking with the Lord one day. And he says, hey, we're going home. Let's go. Praying. Praying. We need to pray for the Lord to integrate in our lives. Because you understand you can't bury your problems. You can't run from your problems. You can't hide from your problems. Only the Lord can take care of your problems. Daniel makes that very clear clear in Daniel chapter 6 and chapter 9. I'm going to give you a quote from one of our renowned preachers. This is Derek Gray. Prayer is the highest activity that a human can perform. There is nothing greater than a human being can do than to commune with God. Wow. Wow. Now, guess what? If you'll come this coming Wednesday night, Derek is going to teach us through the Word of God how to pray. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, you won't want to miss it. And if you've been missing Wednesday nights at 7, you need to come. We've got something for everybody. But I can tell you, it is powerful. So be here Wednesday night. We're going to learn how to pray. So here was Hannah. She was faithful and flexible when her world was in chaos. She prayed before the Lord all the time. Her third great quality was this. That God's word was her final authority and she followed it. Look with me in First Samuel 17 and 18. This is what it says. She's had a conversation with Eli the priest and this is what it says. In that case Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant you the request that you have asked of him. And she replies, oh, thank you, sir. Then she went back and began to eat, and she was no longer sad. When the word of the Lord came to Hannah, and you have to understand, in the days of Old Testament times, pretty much the only way somebody ever got a word from the Lord was through a prophet, through a priest. That was it. They didn't have a Bible to read. Um, And so if you were going to get a word from God, God usually spoke it through One of his chosen men. So here Hannah has been, once again, the Bible doesn't make it clear, but we know this much year after year after year, she has wept and gone before the Lord with a prayer. And finally, God gives her a word from Eli. And the moment she hears that word, she says, Thank you. Because when God gave her the word, she was done, she was settled. Final, done, over. What is your final word in your life? What is the final authority? Is it the Lord? Or is it your friends? Is it God's word? Or is it social media? Is it the spirit of the the Lord moving in and through your life to convict you and to convey the truths of God's word in your life? Or is it your feelings and what you think? His word should be our final authority. I know that's easy right now to say, yes, you know, when I pray and God gives me the answer, I'll take it. You know why that's easy? Because we'll pray for something and God gives you that answer that you want to hear. and You say, thank you. But let me ask you a question real quick, church. What happens if God gives you the answer you don't want to hear? What if by chance God allows somebody else to be the new team captain and you're not? The new head cheerleader and you're not? What if all of a sudden somebody else is the new boss and you're not? Although you're more gifted, you're more talented, you're more qualified. Would you be okay with that? Or would you blame God and bail? Now, you don't have to answer that because I know the answer. Most of us would blame God and Baal. See, we're okay with the Lord when he gives us the prayers we want to hear. But are you okay with God when he gives you the prayers you don't want to hear? And that can be a hard pill to swallow. That can be a difficult uh, maze to follow. Because if you've been passed up, you've been overlooked... Will you still remain faithful to the Lord and continue to move on? And so often we don't. We blame God. We get upset. We pull the ripcord, the parachute comes out, and we just bail out on the Lord. You don't realize that God is still in the process of trying to mold you and mend you and make you into the man and the woman that you need to be. But when God doesn't give you the answer you want to hear, you check out. I know it's hard. I I know it's difficult. Listen, been there and done that. I know what it's like to have your heart crushed and broken and you can't figure out why. But the question is, will you still seek the Lord and go after him? See, that's what Hannah did. Parents, you've got some kids that are running from the Lord right now. Don't give up. Press in. Seek his word. He'll give you an answer. Now, the answer he may give you may not be the one you want to hear. But that's not the case. His word is final. And when his word is final, will you follow it? Every now and then, God's going to tell you to do something real uncomfortable. Will you follow it? Or will you say, no, it's not. He wasn't talking to me. That's somebody else. Trying to remind you, God has a plan for your life. God had a plan for Hannah's life. And what God had to do is God had to put Hannah in a position for year after year after year to chase after him, to seek him, regardless of what was going on around her life, not to become discouraged, but to trust him and to follow him. Not only did she do that, she prayed. And when God gave her the answer, she accepted it. And not only did she accepted it, when it was all said and done, she worshipped. Look with me, the fourth quality is called, she worshipped the Lord. You find this in verse 19. It says, the entire family got up the next morning and went to worship the Lord, what? Once more. See, Hannah was worshipping the Lord the whole time. She didn't worship the Lord because she felt great and God answered her prayers. She had been worshipping Him the whole time. <laughs> You want to have some breakthrough in your prayer life? It's time you worship the Lord. You'll be amazed what happens in your prayer life when you worship the Lord. I was talking to somebody the other day and they said, you know, I really don't care for the worship. And that's okay. But they said, the Lord speaks to me more often in worship than any other time. Why not? Why not? See, we worship a lot of things. But are we worshiping the Lord? And see, God doesn't want you to sing about him. God wants you to sing to him. Let me tell you what. I can, I can brag on my mom. I can brag on my wife. Till the day is done from the pulpit. But there's nothing greater than when I look my wife or my mom in the eyes. And I begin to talk to them individually. See, when you came this morning, did you worship the Lord? Did you pour your heart out and sing to Him? Or did you just sit and watch? What is your passion? What do you, what do you really want to do? Because if you will be passionate about the Lord, man, He'll change everything. But worship, you have to prepare for it. I mean, you, you got to kind of be prepared for worship. I, I love what John Maxwell says. He says... You will never change your life until you change what you do daily. You may want to remember that. You want your life to change? Why don't you start worshiping the Lord daily? Why don't you start listening to Him daily? We have to prepare for that. The ant. That little, you know, have you seen all the ant beds? You know why there's so many? Because they're preparing for winter. They're getting ready. They're gathering all that they need to pack it in tight and be ready for winter. Are you preparing to meet your Savior one day? See, I don't want you to be unprepared when you get to heaven. I don't want you to go, I never knew that was in the Bible. I never knew I didn't I wasn't supposed to do that. I never knew I needed to do that. See, really, what you're hereafter should be the hereafter. What you're chasing in life. Should be the next life. So that when you take your last breath on planet Earth, you won't be shocked. You'll be right at home. I promise you, when James Parker's mother took her last breath, it was a little shocking, but it wasn't a great shock because she'd already been fellowshiping with the Lord for so many years. It was just a simple thing. Hannah worshiped the Lord. And she led by example. Parents, I love this saying. I've, I've heard it many years ago and I've never forgot it. You teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. So why don't you lead by example? Why don't you be the parent who is faithful to the Lord when all of your world is in chaos? Why don't you be the parent who prays day in and day out with your family, with your children? Why don't you be the one that when God's word speaks to you, you hear it, you believe it, and you receive it, regardless if it's in favor of you or not? And why don't you show your family how to worship the Lord? And last, why don't you be a person of your word? Because you see, Hannah... Was a woman of her word. Verse 11 says this. And she made this vow. O Lord of heaven's armies. If you will look upon my sorrow. And answer my prayer. And give me a son. Then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign. He has been dedicated to you. His hair will never be cut. That's called a Nazarite vow. Okay. Let me pause right here. The reason why God put Hannah in the position that she was in so that she could understand that God was getting ready to give her a son that would be dedicated to the Lord for his entire life. I really don't believe if Hannah hadn't gone through this year after year, she could have given him up. But because she had been so fervent and faithful to the Lord, when she made this vow, she understood that God had a greater plan for her son than she did. Verse 24 tells us that when the child was weaned, Hannah took him to the tabernacle in Shiloh. They brought along a three year old bull from the sacrifice and a basket of flour of some wine. After sacrificing the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. Sir, do you remember me? Hannah asked, I am the very woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. I asked the Lord to give me this boy and he has granted my request. Now I'm giving him to the Lord and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worship the Lord there. What Hannah did not see early on. Was that God needed to raise a prophet named Samuel. That would choose David to be the king. That will ultimately bring Jesus as the lineage. Hannah could only see here. God sees everything. But through Hannah's trials and tribulations. She learned to be a woman of her word. We need to learn to be a people of our word. Because see, when you are a person of your word, that speaks volumes to everybody else. Can people trust your yes? Can they trust your no? Are you just blowing smoke? We've all failed, trust me. But the key for us is that we need to be a people of our word. Years ago a man gave you his word and his handshake, that's all you needed. Nowadays that doesn't mean a thing. Even a contract doesn't mean a thing today. It's time we, as followers of Jesus Christ, when you look at that person, you give your word, you better keep your word. So they'll understand there is a difference between us and the world. There is a God who loves us and he gave us his word and he's kept his word, and we're going to keep his word. When we truly get before the Lord and we truly pour our heart out to him, it makes all the difference in the world. You realize that? Diamonds aren't made out of shiny materials. It's coal, black city coal that is compressed so hard and so heavy by an intense flame, an intense fire that the diamond comes forth. See, in order for you and me to become a diamond... God's got to just really move mightily with us as his fire and get all that coal, that black filth out of our life so that we can sparkle. Sometimes that doesn't take a moment, sometimes that takes a lifetime. But God wants to build you. See, in the world we live in today, what our world needs is a man, needs a woman, needs a son, needs a daughter. That will be faithful when the world is going down the tubes. That we will pray consistently. Not to the Lord, but with the Lord. That we will accept his word, regardless if it favors us or not. We're going to worship him. And we're going to be a people of our word. Because when you do that, great things come. I promise you. There was a woman who had two daughters, and she so desperately wanted a son. And she had miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage. And she began to pray, and she said, God, if you'll give me a son, I'll give him back to you. And that's how she prayed over and over. And guess what the Lord did? He blessed her with a son and she gave her son to the Lord and her son, the best that he could has followed him all the days of his life not knowing what alcohol tastes like not knowing what drugs are like not knowing what cigarettes are like because his mother dedicated him to the Lord and gave him to the Lord and great things have come from that that woman was my mother I'm telling you we need to listen to the Lord I promise you the Holy Spirit has been speaking to some of you he's told you to do some things right now that are really uncomfortable for you will you honor him will you take him out of his word and do what he's told you to do Some of you for the first time realize that you need a Savior. And today's the day. I'm going to be down front here. Brother Al is going to be down front. We want to pray with you and lead you to Jesus. Some of you this morning got some things you need to get off your chest. You need to to talk with the Lord. Some of you have been lonely long enough. Maybe it's time you join a loving church family. Here's what I know. The Lord spoke to Hannah, and she obeyed his word. As the Lord has spoke to you, will you obey his word? Father, thank you for our mothers who have sacrificed for us, who have prayed for us. Lord, thank you for my mother who gave me to you from the start. I praise you and I honor you for that. Lord, today, I want to be that person that Hannah was. Father, I want to be faithful to you regardless of what happens. Lord, I want to love you and worship you despite my circumstances. And even when you give me a word I don't want to hear, I want to be faithful to that word because I know you're molding me and making me into the man you want me to become. So I pray right now, Holy Spirit, for all of those who are hearing you right now and you're stretching them, you're giving them some things that are uncomfortable. God, may they honor you today. May they surrender you today, Lord. And may they truly crown you The king of their life. Father, thank you for pushing us. Thank you for for making us go to the extremes. To grow us into the people we need to become. Forgive us for blaming you. We thank you today. And I pray right now that you will do a work in our life. So that when we leave this place. The world will know who you are. Lord, you have been so good to give us your word. Today, we're giving you our word. And we're going to follow it with all of our heart. And I pray that in the name, which is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.
0: Thank you again for listening to this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or if you need someone to pray with, please contact us at 850-926-1200 or email us at info at rolcrofferville.com. We also want to encourage you to visit us this Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Please visit us online at com for more information and directions.